The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's a Tuesday in Edmonton. November 28th, the countdown is on. For what? Christmas? Oh. December? Sure, why not? I haven't uh, done any of my Christmas shopping yet. No, I know that. But, you know, I'm busy. 22nd, 23rd, I'm free. I think that's a weekend. And and I'll get You've after You've had it. lots of night, w- w- days during the week to do, to do. Oh, yeah, whatever. Don't judge what, me. Whatever. Whatever. I got. I can't do it in the morning. Whoa, yeah, dance moms. That's... No, it has nothing to do with. <laughs> well, if you went to bed before five in the morning, you know. could get up in the morning. Hey, listen, the show just started. <laughs> You're ripping my life apart. I'm I, not ripping your life apart. I did. You know what? I get stuff done in unusual times. Is there a difference between shopping this weekend? in Dawson Creek or shopping on the 22nd, 23rd in Edmonton? Well, I wouldn't be shopping for anything uh, in Dawson Creek well, for your wife. I hope our listeners in Dawson Creek heard yeah. Jalen and I say that. I'm just guessing that your wife, you know, that's not going to blow her skirt up too Whatever. much. Whatever. Okay. Uh, have you started yours? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's why actually. the countdown then to Christmas because... No, because it's almost December. Yeah. Okay. It's Christmas time. All We're right. all supposed to be merry and happy. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. The countdown begins. There. Here, I'll just relaunch this. See if we can't right the ship a little bit. Uh, oh, it's hey, fine. Today is whatever day it is, Tuesday. It is Tuesday, yeah. So I should probably mention that we have uh, Fit After 40, our segment with uh, Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy this afternoon. We're also down on Thursday at uh, the Santa's Anonymous Warehouse for a remote, so... That might be a nice day to drop by. And it's a drop-in day, so yeah. you can just uh, pop by and drop off some gifts there if you'd like. Say, Say hello hi. to us, yeah. And if you get there early, you can meet me outside and tell me where we've set up our little table. Um, text just in from Red Deer. Got back from a Dreams Riviera last night. You will enjoy it greatly. Oh, oh can't wait to hear all about mm-hmm. it. More texts, please. <laughs> if you haven't, there's a few spots left for that 6.30 Ched uh, winter getaway with uh, me and Andrew. January 21st, we head out to the Dreams Riviera Maya for a week. Looking forward to it. Uh, NewWestTravel.com or just give them a call. Um, Hey, I don't know where you'd like to go first, but can I just bring up a little first world problem? Just a small one. Mm-hmm. Do you remember my hoodies? Oh, your Dartmouth hoodies? No, that's the other town, the uh, Dalhousie. Dalhousie, I knew it started with a D. Yeah. Mm. I didn't think you there was, I don't think you went to Dartmouth University. I did not. I went to Dalhousie in Halifax, which is across the river from Dartmouth, so very close. Um so they finally cleared customs in Montreal. Mm. They were there for almost seven days. The paperwork was incorrect. Uh, then they arrived in Edmonton, and they arrived, I think, last night. I think. So this morning I got up um, early, actually, for me. It was like nine or something. Uh, went out, got coffee, came back, did some work in the basement. Uh, Carol is, for some reason, she completely cleaned out the furnace room last night. And, by the way, found some treasures in there some really good one i had some framed memorabilia that i don't mm. even remember owning that was apparently in there for the last decade so that's up on a wall now but anyway um so she was upstairs sorting through clothes 
in the living room. I'm downstairs working, and then I go to leave to come here, and what's on my doorknob? A notification from Canada Post that they were unable to deliver my parcel, but I can pick it up tomorrow at whatever post mm-hmm. office, right? Well, Carol was literally four feet from the front door. Well, obviously, they didn't ring the doorbell. Carol didn't see them. Like, exactly. how does that happen? Exactly. I'll tell you how it happens, because they're trying to get their day done early, ah, so they just go on. ahead and fill out all those little slips, and then they sneak up on your porch. Oh, yeah, put... they're going to sneak in, and what if they get caught? Well, what's your explanation? Well, I, I don't have an explanation for it, but maybe it was when Carol went downstairs for no, a moment or whatever it is. the entire time. Okay, okay. But I, and I've seen that more than more than once where there's no attempt to even deliver it. There's windows all across your front porch. Yeah. Yeah. So what they do, you know, belly, go up on their belly, do a camel crawl up there? That's, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Carol's back was to the front door sorting clothes. And when I opened the door, and she was still there when I went to leave. When I opened the door and I saw this and I went, Canada Post was here. And she said, I'm didn't hear them and I, and I asked like did you leave at some point I've been sitting right here so there's they didn't ring the doorbell knock on the door <laughs> they didn't make any attempt to deliver mm. well why what it, and I'm actually curious what is the explanation for that they obviously didn't ring the doorbell because even if Carol is mistaken and she got up and went to the bathroom or left or whatever which she says she didn't we you can hear the doorbell in the bit nobody rang a doorbell so they just had no intention of delivering it. My guess would be that it's faster to get through your route if you just hook those things on doors. And I've seen it before, actually. I walked by the living room one day. Oh, I wish I had a security camera. I walked by outside. The you do have one. In, indoors. They have to go in for you to oh be caught on video. I walked by the door one time and saw the Canada Post guy leaving. And I opened the door and one of those things is hanging from my doorknob. And I said, do you have a delivery for me? He goes, oh, you're home. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what doorbells are for, to find out if a guy's home. Well, which is interesting, because just not too long ago, we had the complete different experience. They broke in? No, they didn't break in. Um, uh, coach was coming in. or the, the Canada Post vehicle was leaving, was at the, at the corner, but obviously stopped when they saw the vehicle coming down and pull into our driveway, and he turned around and came back nice. and delivered it. To, it was a new credit card that we added. We asked. We oh. said it needed to be immediate instead of going to the whatever, but that's what they did. I guess it depends on your carrier, right? I mean, companies like that are made I just don't understand how it's faster to not ring the doorbell if you already have the card exactly. with the thing. So that, to me, doesn't make sense that they would do that. Well, I've never been a carrier, but my guess would be that you, in the morning, could sit at whatever table or desk you have at the depot in which you are, are dispatched, and you could sit there and fill them all out. Someone right? wants to know when's the last time you actually heard your doorbell. Oh, I heard my doorbell last night. Does when it work? the pizza arrived. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> arrives. It works. <laughs> My theory is they put the slips on your door, so you have to make a trip to the post office and perhaps spend some more money on things you need. Except the post office, those postal outlets are actually employees of the drugstore or whatever. Complain, complain, complain. Just go pick it up. They do it for me in apartments, too. I'm not complaining. I'm asking why do they do that. Although, yeah, it is a complaint because now... so. The package is not available for 24 hours, so I have to do it tomorrow. But tomorrow is an extremely busy day for me, and on Friday I'm out of the province. Evan says uh, Canada Post is notorious for that. Can't stand it. Max says it happens all the time at his house. Hmm. That's the exact same thing as happened to me on several occasions, says Andy. Huh. I was home two times in the past few months when it happened. I'd be curious. Listen, if you're 
if you are a carry for Canada Post and you want to tell me anonymously by 630, 630 oh. or by phone, 496-0063, I'd actually like to know the answer to that. Yeah. Hey, guys, just FYI, this time of year, Canada Post contracts out parcel delivery. I've had several situations like this many times. I was home two times in the past few months when it happened. You know, I, I'm just, I know it's a first world problem. And, I, and it's not, it, like, honestly, it's no big deal. I'll go tomorrow... After but it is a pain. Remote. Let's let's but be it, real. But, uh, Come but on. I if, am just curious if, why they do it. If you want to, yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to drive all the way up to the Hamptons to pick it up and, and wait right. in line. That happened to me recently as well. I was not home, though. I was not home. And if there's no intention of delivering it, I mean, they don't even... If there's no intention of delivering it at all, then just, just go to, to the, the post, post office. office. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I've had, I've had that experience, but I have, like, as I mentioned, a completely, you know, great one where the guy turned around and came up the driveway. Hey, Jed. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Jed says they used a drone. <laughs> I wish that were true, actually. I, if I thought a drone was delivering my package, I would totally sit on the front porch just to watch that happen. But oh, hey, I'll tell you, I live in, I live in a condo. And the guy that does it in the condo decides he's going to take a sticky piece of paper and put it on your mailbox. It takes me longer to get that crap off my mailbox than yeah. it takes me to go pick up the parcel. Yeah. That's weird, go. eh? That's just weird. Her. Okay, right. my man. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. Huh. There you go. It's just like Someone I say, says if you weird. leave a, a note on the door that they will leave it there if you're expecting something, but I guess it depends what it is. <laughs> well, the other thing is that I don't know how big this package is, but we have um, one of those super boxes or whatever, right? There's no duty due on it. There's no charges pending. So why don't they put it in the super box? So, exactly. So the options are ring the doorbell and my wife, who's three feet is from the door, will get box? it. in box? No. I have to pick it up at a drugstore. Um, at Riverbend. Tomorrow. I can't pick it up today. Yeah. Because it's probably still in the truck. I'm guessing, too, this time of year, those super boxes get pretty full as mm-hmm. well. Maybe it's, they were just telling you that that's where you have to do it because there's no room at the super box to do it. But if the guy has to physically walk to my front door <laughs> and put just, that on the doorknob. Maybe he's delivering the cards and not the package. Maybe. I don't know. Hi, Lindsay. Hi there. What's going on? Oh, just about uh, the postal service. We have a super postal lady. We live in an acreage, so they deliver to the group boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And if the parcel she has fits in one of those bottom compartments, then uh, then she puts it in there. And a couple of times, she drove into the subdivision to her house and she delivers a parcel. Well, that's good. And then have a five-minute chat with my wife. Oh, <laughs> well, I suppose that's good too. Maybe that's why they don't ring the doorbell. <laughs> it, it might be, uh, it, but it probably doesn't have anything to do with I pulled her out of the ditch one winter. Ah, uh, there you go. See, my with, yeah, with the tractor, and because you had had to wait an hour and a half for Amy. So <laughs> nice. Thanks for the call, Lindsay. Great to hear from you. Hey, Rod. Hey there. I got a quick uh, postal joke that I think you're going to find really cute. All right. There was a man who worked uh, for the post office whose job was to process all the mail that had illegible addresses. One day, a letter came addressed in a shaky hand written to God with no actual address. He thought he should open it to see what it was about. It read, 
dear God, I am an 83-year-old, 83-year-old widow living on a very small pension. Yesterday, someone stole my purse. It had $100 in it, which was all the money I had until my next pension payment. Next Sunday is Christmas, and I invited two of my friends over for dinner. Without that money, I have nothing to buy food with and have no family to turn to. You are my only hope. Can you please help me? Sincerely, Edna. The postal worker was touched. He showed the letter to all the other workers. Each one dug into her wallet and came with, up with a few dollars. By the time he made the rounds, he had collected $96, which he put into an envelope and sent it to the woman. The rest of the day, all the workers felt a warm glow, you know, like the Christmas thing. Yeah, yeah. Thinking of Edna and the dinner she would be able to share with her friends. Christmas came and went. A few days later, another letter came from the same old lady to God. All the workers gathered round while the letter was opened. It read, Dear God, I, how can I ever thank you enough for what you did for me? Because of your gift of love, I was able to fix a glorious dinner for my friends. Uh, I had a very nice day, and my friends, uh, I told them of, my wonderful, of your wonderful gift. By the way, there was $4 missing. <laughs> I think it must have been those bastards at the post office. <laughs> sincerely, sincerely, Edna. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rod. <laughs> Well, you know what? I thought that's going to have to be pretty good to pay off yeah. for that setup. But yeah, no, that's pretty good. Um, we asked the delivery guy. He says he just delivers the cards, never the parcels. So maybe that's what they're doing. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just like I say, it's up. just an oddity, right? It is, I, but maybe we, you should call Canada Post. I could do. Um, I, I'm just curious, but I, I kind of figured among many our many listeners, there must be at least one person who works for, Cal- uh, oh. for Canada Post. Got this email from Valerie. says, Hi, Andrew. They may have left the slip. If a signature is needed, my husband has several packages from the same place. He usually gets it in the super mailbox, but once they need a signature, they leave the note instead. No, on the back of... Um, on the card, it says the reason it was not delivered, and one of the options is signature required or duty mm. uh, due. Um, the reason was um, no answer or whatever the equivalent is, like no one home, I think, or something like that. But there was four of us home. Wawa the Postie, Texas, had been a carrier for 29 years. It does depend on who your carrier is. I treat my customers as I'd like to be treated. Love the show. Gotta go. More parcels out there. <laughs> uh, and a CP employee here. It's, of course, faster to cart out your parcel, your delivery notice card, in your mailbox and attempt delivery. There are many variables for parcels. All carriers are supposed to attempt delivery on all items. Sometimes relief workers can cart out more items than deliver. Hmm. Hmm. I'm with Pure Later, and I deliver everything that's from Walt. (laughs) 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 Oh, thank you, everyone, for texting in. Um, How fast do you think that would change if people started tipping the driver? Someone wants to know. But but you, you, you shouldn't. I've already paid for it. I've already paid the delivery charge. Why should I have to tip anybody else? Mm-hmm. Like, do you tip your post person? We used to years ago. We used to have uh, everybody who we did business with. Yeah. Um, but we just... Uh, stopped. Our, we stopped. Well, we got a new carrier, and then it was like every other week there was a different yeah. carrier, so... I don't know who my carrier is. Again, the super box is down around the corner from our house, but there's a card in there almost, you know, just before Christmas, almost in an attempt to generate... Oh, really? ...a tip. Wow. 
which is awkward. And Suddenly your super box becomes a cruise ship. Yeah, really. and it's like, mm-hmm. huh. do you even know what house that no, belongs to? <laughs> Sorry, lady. Well, speaking of donations and tips and that sort of thing, today is uh, Giving Tuesday. So after the uh, the the money free for all from uh, Black Friday through <laughs> Cyber Monday, today is is nicknamed tagged uh, Giving Tuesday, and it's interesting because reading an article about it, there was a Angus Reid study done on um, where you are donating and maybe the reasons why you aren't, and not surprisingly, in you know the first spot, you know if you're not or you can't financial means is a is a is a big factor um, number two skepticism and doubt about whether their dollars are well and effectively spent is a big one and i think that's on a lot of people's minds is you know how much is going to the administration mm-hmm. costs how much is getting to you know my 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 sponsor child in in the drc you know a lot of people have those questions uh number three um it says uh they would feel and give more if they felt confident in the charitable sector, connected enough to the causes they care most about, and were approached in a different way. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, 68% uh, felt the companies uh, who do participate in, uh, you know, a dollar at the cash Mm -hmm. register, uh, do it for... Uh, PR for positive PR yeah. and are not motivated by the charity, which is a weird. Well, why do you care why they do it as long as it's going to a good cause? I don't. This is a funny story because, first of all, there's sites, some good ones, where you can check on the uh-huh. breakdown yep. of how much uh, any of your charitable. Charity connection. Yeah, that's right. Any of your charitable donations end up going to the cause or the person that you want them to. Um, as I say, 68% feel companies are just motivated by positive charity PR. intelligence. There you go. So what if they're motivated by positive PR? Why shouldn't they get positive PR for raising money for a charitable cause? It just seems at, at times that it's constant, doesn't it? That it's, yeah. a, it's it's absolutely constant, whether it's at the grocery chill or it's at um, wherever it is. It's just it, there's this nonstop ask. And I, and I get that at certain times of the year, there's going to be more of an ask than other times. Sure. But I, I, I would uh, venture a guess that the cashier at the Safeway or whatever or Save On or doesn't really care if you say yes or no. Mm-hmm. They've been asked to but ask. But you feel bad. I don't because I have, over the years it's changed, but I have the charities that I support mm-hmm. and the level to which I'm intended to support them. So as a rule of thumb, um, anytime I buy anything at Safeway, I buy two of their food bank packages mm-hmm. and throw them in the food bin. And so it doesn't matter if I run in to buy a toothbrush or I'm we're shopping for the week. We always... It's just a reminder when mm-hmm. we're there. And I like how they do it. They don't actually ask. It's like they're, five bucks and a bundle they're five right bucks, there. Yeah. Off you or go. Or ten bucks, I can't remember. Yeah. But they're just sitting right yeah. there. So as you're checking out, you just go, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll take two of those, right? Um, this time of year, I put my efforts into Santa's Anonymous. Mm-hmm. So that will be my financial effort. So that will be one day this week, speaking of being busy, I will go and get the toys in the age category that Lana told us yesterday they need the most of. So I'll probably go to Walmart and just like buy a shelf of baby toys and then and but that's just what that's just my thing, right? So I have no problem. Like if I and the thing is like when that's a good example. So you go to Walmart, you buy a bunch of toys, as you're checking out, they'll ask you if you want to donate to so-and-so or yeah. so-and-so, and I always just say, nope, I'm good. Yeah. And I never even feel the, uh, the to need explain. to explain. Yeah. The, learning just to say no 
or mm-hmm. and without having to give a reason is a, is a huge step in a right. person's life. It actually feels quite good. I do think about, like, I give the $20 a month to the Stollery mm-hmm. and have for, well, ever since we did the first Stollery yep. Radiothon, right? Um, so that's another one. But like I say, I, I, I choose. You don't, you, nobody chooses for me. Chedville, who are you giving to right now? Is it 630 Ched, Santa's Anonymous? Maybe throughout the year it's World Vision. You've sponsored kids around the world. Be curious to know at 630, 630. Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. We were talking about which charities that you're giving to, and of course we, we would hope that you remember 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous this time of year and a delivery date this week, this year, month, December actually, is uh, December 16th and 17th. Lana, yesterday on the show, still said that we're looking for, you know, toys for those kids, um, you know, babies up to one year yeah. of age and also the 9 to 12 and That's books. Right. Books are always a good one because they try to make sure, well, they, they make sure that every, every uh, toy delivery delivery goes out with a book as well. And, and you know, I, I love shopping for children. I love shopping for my own children. I find it really easy. I find shopping for my wife impossible. <laughs> but shopping for that age category, um, birth to one year, mm-hmm. is so easy because they play with the box. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just has to be colorful, have a moving part, and and. Well, that's really about it. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon just got back from El Salvador with Shelter Canada, where we built nine houses. Many of our team have sponsored kids through Compassion, who we were able to visit while there. I just, I love that idea of someday being able to meet the girls that I sponsor in uh, in the Congo. I, I would love to meet them someday, and I don't know yeah. how that would ever happen, but I would, lo- I, I would love to. Um, from Barhead, every month I give uh, $10 each to Stars and Stollery. Well done. Um, Sigrid says... I give to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous because I see where my money goes. Thanks for thanks to Ched for continuing to do this and making so many children and parents happy. And this one says, you know, truthfully, I give year-round to anyone. I see who's out digging through waste receptacles, looking for bottles when it's hot, cold, raining. I'll give them five to ten bucks. If they're a smoker, I'll buy them uh, or I'll buy them something to eat and drink. If I'm in my work truck, I'll give them the empty bottles I have accumulated while working and driving around. There you go. Good job, Chedville. Uh, hey, did you hear about this? Um, I know Ryan talked about it on his show this morning. He uh, spoke with, I believe, well, I don't want to guess, uh, leader of the official opposition, I think it was. But it was about rural crime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know that we've heard from our listeners who live out in rural Alberta that it is a real problem. It's been described as an epidemic, but they're... You know, and a lot of the people who showed up, so what happened was a bunch of people showed up at the ledge today, mm-hmm. um, and the United uh, Conservative Party pushed for an emergency debate on the issue, which Speaker Bob Warner uh, denied, saying it didn't meet the emergency criteria. But in anticipation of that emergency debate, there was quite a few people there from rural Alberta, and a number from the uh, village of Alex. And Alex, it's the kind of thing when you live in a city, you don't think about this. The nearest RCMP detachment is 20 minutes away from yeah. Alex. So even if you're right on top of whatever the crime is, you're at the earliest. Can you imagine a t- response time of 20 minutes in Edmonton? What You'd be losing your mind mm-hmm. over something like that. But that's the reality for these people. But the only thing about this story that, 
that I don't like. And it's something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be taken care of. But there's two things that sort of jump out at me. You know, the speaker is independent. Like he's supposed to, I know he's appointed by the governing party, but he's supposed to be as neutral as possible. So it would be wrong to actually blame the NDP for not having the emergency debate because it they don't vote on it. The speaker decides, and he decided not that it didn't meet the criteria. And yeah, yeah. Thomas Lukasik tweeted this afternoon and said, "As pressing as the problem of rural crime is, and uh, the Alberta ledge speaker was bound to deny was bound to deny an emergency debate. This request is common publicity stunt used by every opposition, knowing that it must be denied. However, NDP must take rural crime seriously." Well, well, well put. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that, but yeah, yeah, well put. But is that sort of, it just kind of bugs me a little bit when, and it doesn't matter who the party is or who the individual is, it bugs me a little bit when political kind of grandstanding yeah. gets in the way of the actual problem, right? The problem is that crime is out of hand in rural Alberta and there's not enough police coverage. But to change the story to the NDP... Denied de- it. Denied it. Yeah, That's not what happened. Not, no. It's, so. um, but, you know, we had a... Jesper, on Jesperson's show this morning, a fellow called in, and his his place has been broken into four times since four the times. summer. Four times. in the last couple times, he said the guys, they had a shotgun. They have actually video of these, and um, only one guy was on duty at the, at the Mountie detachment. It got bumped, you know, got bumped down just, you know... He said there was just not enough. And so the question was raised whether or not we need to have like a provincial um, or a a different, uh, you know, police force of some sort, you know, paying more attention or adding more. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do how do we do this? If we have you know small detachments out in the you know in in these small communities, and what if they have what ten people in there, and you know all of them aren't working at the same time? If there's only a couple, what do you do? And what do you do when they do catch the culprits, and then the culprits don't get a significant well, and that's the thing punishment. Well, and the, the the one guy said the other thing too. He says the guy shows up and goes to, goes to court, and they put him out on bail, and he's off doing right. stuff again. He right. said, but. I mean, can you you can't throw them in jail and keep them there, or can you? I don't understand. I mean, you can't. We just we don't have the room. No, I, but I've never listen. I, I've never understood our legal system. There's penalties that are rarely actually enforced. Mm-hmm. There's you know there's laws that you in order to be more efficient you say well you know we'll just we'll plead down to a lesser crime i uh, you know and i get the problem with having to house convicts and there's a cost and everything well then don't why even say like like even that fund for victims i don't know if you've ever had any interaction with that but restitution I, yeah rest, i have i didn't get a penny and you're like, well, on paper, it sounds great. And when they make, whatever politician makes the announcement on television or radio, it, it sounds great, too. Uh, but it doesn't actually work. So text come in, says, uh, urban people don't understand why rural people have firearms. Just call the police. If someone is breaking into your home, we'll be there in an hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, something clearly needs to be done about it, right? Yeah, if the crime continues to grow, people will start shooting to combat theft. And and some of the stories that were heard this morning on Jasper's show were just staggering. Hi, Jeff. Hey. What's going on? Where are you? You're dancing around the obvious answer. Which is? Have a castle doctrine. Have a what? A castle doctrine. What does that mean? Your home. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Your right to defend your home, right? We have no right to self-defense. I mean... It's in British common law going back almost a thousand years. 
but it's never mentioned, it's never talked about, <clears throat> because those in power don't want us to be able to defend ourselves. Neither do the police. But you know what, to be honest with you, I don't want to shoot somebody. I, I don't want to shoot somebody. I, I want... Well, maybe you don't. Yeah. But if somebody that's coming towards me and threatening me and my family, I'll put them in the ground. Darn right I will. But here's the thing, like, and, and I understand where you're coming from, and I've said things like that myself. But in, but again, I want to be real here. In reality, I don't want that the, the last bastion of safety in my household is my ability to shoot somebody. I mean, have you ever shot somebody? Have you ever shot somebody? No, I have never shot somebody, and I will regret it. But I'll sure as heck regret not being able to defend my home if my wife is killed. For sure. I get where I you're mean, coming from. What I want is a police presence that's fast and... Impossible. Okay. Impossible. You can't do it. This is the second largest country in the world by size. You cannot physically have enough police to cover everything. You're asking for an impossibility. So the solution then is just to arm rural residents and give and them the right to shoot. That? If they're properly trained, I'm not talking about the U.S. You know, everybody has a bad opinion of the U.S., whatever. Okay, I've got arguments to counter that. But if you have a problem with the U.S., then train them like the Swiss. Which means what? What, you don't know about the Swiss? They've oh, had a geez. standing citizen army for over 400 years. Oh, okay. And they said that the, the, the Nazis wouldn't go in because they knew they'd get their butts shot off. Because wow. these people take their firearms seriously and they train seriously. They're some of the best shooters in the world. All right. And, they are, and every house, and this is no, this is no garbage, yeah. every house has got a full automatic weapon in it. We're not talking semi-automatic weapon, we are talking about army issue firearms. Because it's a citizen standing army. And they don't joke about it, and they don't fool around about it, and you get trained, and you get trained seriously. And this can happen anywhere. It's just, it's never talked about, because they, they offer only two answers. They say, either put up with it, or, you know, pay through the nose hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars extra for the police to cover everything because police aren't cheap. No, they're not. Okay, so you're asking for an impossibility. If you want to have police, uh, uh, if you want to have police cover everything within five minutes of a crime occurring, you will have a police state. You will have a RCMP with uh, standing numbers of about a quarter million members, not 25,000. You're going to need 10 times as many. All right, well, interesting Jeff, perspective. Thanks Appreciate for the it. phone call. Haven't been yelled at in a long time. Uh, Dave says, I live in Alberta, eat, uh, Alberta Beach area, and out there it's full on crime spree every night, and I'm not exaggerating. This one says, uh, from St. Paul, the problem to why we have this epidemic in crime is that we have a pile of unemployed people in this province who have turned to crime because the where system is at the moment, crime pays. And in Red Deer, this is why we have firearms and dogs out here. We have to look out for each other out here. It's 2.45, a quick break here. Jed, Adele, your phone call, more texts at 6.30, 6.30 as well. Listen to this text at 
Uh, 6.30. It says, I live on a farm. Response time of police has been two to three hours when I had people come to rob the farm. On average, three attempted robberies a year. I've never shot a person, but when I was 11, guys on quads went after my dad with a pipe. They ran away when I came out with a gun. Police never came to investigate. Two years ago, four guys in a truck pulled into the yard, guns hanging out the window. They ran when I grabbed an axe and two dogs went after them. Police refused to come to investigate because I did not get a license plate. We don't even call police anymore. I've used a gun to mitigate bears, wolves, coyotes, and wild and uh, other wild animals. Dogs over 20 times. Guns in the city and guns on a farm are two different realities. It's easy for people in the city to say guns are not needed. Uh, did one of us say guns are not needed? Of us, no, we didn't. We didn't didn't say that. No. I think what we're saying is I don't think it's necessary to shoot to kill someone. Yeah, I just don't want that to be the only the, the solution. The last hope. Right. That's certainly your last hope, and definitely I would defend my family and myself with whatever means was available to me, but I don't want that to be the go-to that we've got too much crime in rural Alberta, then let's just start shooting people. There just, there's got to be something in between those two. Hi, Adele. Hello, Jalen. What's going Hello, on? Andrew. Hello. Hey. Okay, I got a question here. We all heard of the term citizen arrest. Mm-hmm. We all know all about it. You see somebody doing something wrong down the road, whether they assault somebody, they rob somebody, you know they're wrong, they're running down the road, you run after them, you grab them to the ground, till the police shows up, right? Yeah. Okay. What's the difference between this and you are defending yourself in your own property? You're, you're trying to protect your family. How does it feel when when you fail to protect your daughter or your son in your own house when the police cannot get to you within like an hour or two or three or maybe 20 minutes? I, I'm not sure the point you're trying to make, though. What's the point you're trying to make? Okay, what I'm, try- what I'm trying to make is why am I allowed to have a citizen arrest, arrest somebody down the road, and I'm not allowed to defend my own house if the police cannot get there. That's my point. Okay? So under the law, I am allowed to arrest somebody if they do something wrong in the middle of the day, in the middle of Edmonton, where there's a million people walking around, and in the middle of nowhere, right in my house, somewhere in the rural Alberta, where there's no cops around, I am not allowed to defend myself even. No, you'd be allowed to defend yourself. I think the question is, is... Are you going to shoot someone? Okay. Well, how does it feel if that person hurt somebody in my family? And well, I, obviously I mean, there's, nobody there's, want, a di- there's a yeah. difference between... Let's Okay. Obviously, nobody wants anyone no. in their family no. hurt. No. My question is... And you have the right to defend your property I, I, You do have the right family. to defend your property, and you, in fear of your life... No one you is have, saying you don't. Right. I believe those are all your rights. So, um, I'm not sure... I, what you're arguing against. Okay. What I'm trying to say is here, I think the government of Alberta, or probably the government of Canada, should implement a law that every single rural homeowner should have a gun. And everyone who thinks twice to bring into any of these houses or any farm, they should think twice knowing that these houses have guns. You want a law requiring every household to have a weapon? Yes, if they cannot, if the cops cannot get to them. This way, that the thief or whoever trying to do something wrong to these people, they know that these people 
have guns and they are trained to use it. See, this is how it is. It's it's the, the thief. He has to have the psychological impact of okay. Well, well, I have to think twice right now. If I go to that house, I know that there's somebody in there waiting for me with a gun right there. See, that's how the psychological gameplay uh, uh, works. And and you see. These people, the crooks who try to to, to, to to rob people into their pro- like breaking into people's property, mm. I don't think they're any different than any other animal. If you're allowed to shoot a bear if you're under attack, then you're allowed to shoot a thief if he comes into your own property. That's Adele. Sorry, I I did have to put him on hold here. We have to take a break here. We've got another big break. to Thank you for the phone call. You're giving us lots to think about. 4960063, the conversation. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.